greatest. I am the phenomenal AJ Styles. Delete. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. And now, your world podcast champions, Ramsey, Travis, and Sharon. Good morning, wrestling fans. Another edition of Rumbling Reality. How you doing, Travis? Doing good. I was actually enjoying my morning watching a turtle play fetch with a ball. Why the heck? Oh, I watched, I think I watched that video. Never mind. I watched some snapping turtle video, but never mind. <laughs> That's so, that's pretty random. We both watched turtle videos this morning. I'm oh man! Dude. Sorry guys, another day without Sharon. I can get a hold of him. He's probably sleeping. I know he has a kid, and he probably stayed up late or something. So hopefully Sharon will join us for the next one. You up? Absolutely. He, he probably had daddy duty today, so probably. no worries. He'll probably, probably be here for us. I know next week we'll be having professional wrestler Sam Stackhouse on for the WrestleMania edition. Of rumbling reality, mm-hmm. Sam Stackhouse. It's gonna be nice. Yeah, it's gonna be nice to have Sam oh. back on the show. Yep, I thought you said uh, who. You're like doing like a no. Stone Cold thing. No, I've met I've met <laughs> Sam in person. I've I talked know. to Sam multiple times. I know. You said you talk shit about him all the time. He's gonna beat you up. Whatever, you're lying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh man, I uh, got a lot of things to start off today. The most exciting to me so far. I'm sure you heard about this. Uh, and Oh, yeah. I need to start doing this. Plug the site a little bit. All the stories we talk about today, all the whatever, everything we talk about, usually you can find the articles on rumblingrumors.com. You can go to YouTube to see Travis's weekly show called Wrestling Reality with Travis, the hostess with the mostess. Yeah, that gets stuck in my head, Travis. Indeed. Um, so, <laughs> it's just thing- the host with the most. The hostess oh, is female. I'm sorry. That's true. So first thing. I know it's true. It's, it's damn true. true. It's true. Okay. We'll just do that then. We'll go to that part. WWE is teasing a new Raw general manager before Mania. Could it be? Yep. Or should it be? Kurt Angle? Uh, mm. Mm. I honestly don't know because I was thinking about that when I saw the story last night. And I was like, would I want to see Kurt Angle? No, because I would rather Kurt Angle come back and be the good authority figure since he's coming back for the first time in uh, almost a decade. Oh, you're going to be a face. Actually, wow, actually it is almost a a decade over because he went to TNA in 2006. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been 10 years since he's been – with WWE, and I don't think bringing him back in as a heel would be a great way to start. So, I personally would rather see him come back as a as a, a, a good authority face, if you will. Yeah, I guess I do too. You know, the funny part is, Angle was mostly a heel for most of his time in WWE. Uh, yeah, up until I would say probably the latter part of his career, he was he was uh, going over as a pretty big baby face. Yeah, over that's to the true. ECW brand. I think they started doing more funnier stuff with him. People saw a real comical side of Kurt Angle, and I freaking loved it. Oh, Kurt Angle was all Kurt Angle was always funny, even when he was not trying to be funny. I know you that's the best thing about first, him. 
Yeah, when his first in his first year with the company, if you go back and watch it on the WWE Network, only nine ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, you actually can watch a lot of the stuff on Raw and on the pay per view. His speeches that he would give, like before his matches, or even like when he had his feud with the Undertaker, and how he was he didn't mean to mess up Taker's bike, and like he would be like, as the kids on the streets would say, quote unquote, my bad, you know, yeah. and then brought about yeah. the scooter to replace it. I forgot about that. Yeah, again, he was being funny. Yeah, he was being funny without, I think, actually trying to be funny. I didn't go back and watch that today. That's funny. I remember that. Oh, man. Kurt Angle had a good rookie year. Yeah, I'm just really, really hoping if he comes back and actually does a run to be, he's going to be, like, actually there a couple times and not just, like, promos over the video. I think, knowing Kurt Angle, he probably will be there more times because I want to see him, like, interact with new stars and talk backstage and talk in the ring. He's good at that stuff. Yeah, I agree. I honestly hope if he does come back, though, that he gets to work a, a, a program with AJ Styles. I know, everybody's saying that, AJ Styles. Didn't, they fought in TNA many times. That's that's my point. I, I saw their matches in TNA, uh, as we've discussed many times on this show. To play devil's advocate, though, don't you think that's kind of already done, though? Well, sure, but I mean, again, you gotta you got to imagine the difference right now between, mm-hmm. especially even back then, TNA... WWE, much larger platform. Yeah, you know people that people that never even had heard of TNA or even watched TNA never got to see those matches. So now they get to see what Angle and Styles can do, dude. People, the people that haven't seen those matches, if you get a chance, just go watch some of them on YouTube. Um, it just kind of would give you a little taste of what I think they could pull off, even more so now on a bigger stage and now. AJ being a refined veteran that he is as well, uh, he and Angle I think could could probably steal any show card against any of these rookies. I got a quick little game for you. I just thought of you're going to give me a yay or nay for matches that Kurt Angle should do while he's back, and you can give me like a brief okay. why or why not. Roman Reigns versus okay. Kurt Angle. Yay. Quick why? I actually. Uh, Honestly, I think it would be good for Roman to get the the experience against a guy like Kurt Angle. I think Kurt Angle could teach Roman Reigns, uh, not to say anybody else hasn't, but I think uh, Roman Reigns could get a good in-ring education and psychology work yeah, I with, with Kurt that. Angle. I would say yay as well. Um, this one, I, I definitely will say yay. Seth Rollins versus Kurt Angle. Oh, absolute yay. Yeah, that, to me that sounds better than, personally, better than AJ Styles because... You can go back and see the matches with them, too. I haven't seen a match with Seth Rollins and Kurt Angle yet, so that sounds pretty exciting. Um, <coughs> let's try to think. Who is another major star or future major star? Uh, somebody different. Ty Dillinger versus Kurt Angle. Too new? He's too young for it? Not enough. Yeah. Yeah, no. Only because Ty's not on the main roster yet, and He's not nobody yet. would know Ty Dillinger. Yeah, yeah nobody knows too. Ty Dillinger but that being said, though, could I see something like a year down the line if they were to bring Ty Dillinger up, like let's say on the SmackDown roster, and make him a heel with the Perfect Ten gimmick? Perfect Ten versus the Olympic Hero, I can totally see money in that. Let's uh, let's narrow it down some more. If Kurt Angle only had, let's say, a year contract, and this is going to make your answers a little more um, 
a little more precise. He had one one year WWE contract. He has to face you know a couple guys. Now we'll keep going. Braun Strowman versus Kurt Angle. We'll say well. Well, I was gonna say narrow it down. Say a year. I would say if you can say like if you're wanting me to pick the top five guys for him to work with, I I'll can just do top that. five. Well, I guess. Well, yeah. I was kind of didn't do like something where you're a little more picky because I can name a lot of the guys and it's gonna be exciting to say yay because you haven't seen Kurt Angle with him before. Sure, but if sure. he only had a year, uh, you know, and they had to give him the chance, do you think Braun Strowman deserves it? I personally say nay. Uh, yeah, no, no, not because not because I don't think Strowman doesn't deserve it, and not because I don't think Strowman actually matchup. wouldn't be. A, a, I, yeah, I just don't think there would be enough appeal in it to be honest with you. I agree. How about Shinsuke versus Kringle? Shinsuke. Shinsuke. Ah, every t- I'm never gonna get it right. I'll just say Nakamura. I know. There you go. That's better. Just say Nakamura. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yes. I would you think love so? to see Nakamura versus Kurt Angle. Do you yes, think their types man. are a little too different to, uh, I don't know, make a good quality match? That's, or No, that's what would make it such a good match. So? Okay. The King of Str- think it, just think of it. The King of Strong Style versus the Olympic gold medalist. You have yeah. a striker's offense versus a grapple offense. Classic story, right there, tells itself. Different styles, that's true. Who's more superior? Yeah, who's more superior, the grappler or the striker? How about Dolph Ziggler versus Kurt Angle? No. No? Whoa. Man, no. nobody ever gives Dolph Ziggler enough freaking credit. You, you, you just, you just know don't why? think he has enough star power anymore or what? That's part of it, but this is another reason why. Um, on WWE Network, they were showing the uh, Stone Cold podcast with Shawn Michaels uh, yeah. yesterday, and I, uh, I I got to briefly watch some of it, and something that Shawn Michaels said that kind of uh, it resonated with me on his point, and it made total sense, was a lot of guys this day and age, they are trying to mimic themselves to the point where literally it's becoming like an homage to the guys that paved the way for them. Yeah. And like, like Sean said in, in his case, you know, Ric Flair was his idol, right? So when people started saying, Oh, you're like Ric Flair, you're, or started comparing him to Ric Flair. What he did was instead of going down, as he said, that same road and sticking with something like that. Now you have to take a different direction and make your own way like you have to make your own legacy and not just piggyback off okay but don't you think Dolph Ziggler's tried that a couple times now he switched up his style so jean cut off shirts and stuff and no it doesn't matter what you do on your on your look it doesn't matter how you change your look if you were to compare old school Shawn Michaels from I'd say 1993 probably to to, uh, 1996 I'll say ninety. I'll say ninety-seven when we started seeing like the heel Shawn Michaels, the attitudinal Shawn oh, yeah. Michaels. Oh yeah. They, Dolph Ziggler and him, mimic each other. They're almost an ideal replica of the way that he has mannerisms, the way he walks to the ring. Just when I say walks to the ring, I'm not talking about all the motions and stuff like that, but I'm talking about the way he carries himself as like the like hit the show off or the heartbreak kid. Or, yeah. You know, I'm I'm all that in a bag of potato chips, so to speak. Uh, that that kind of character, you know, Dolph hasn't really done, and it, and it saddens me to say this because I love Dolph. Ziggler yeah, me too. Morgan, but but he really kind of he is 
basically uh, a Shawn Michaels knockoff. Don't you think after a while, though, I mean, after how long wrestling's been going and publicized and televised, after a while, it's hard to really truly create brand new characters without taking something off somebody. I mean, it's true. No, I, I agree. I agree. Let's look at Bray Wyatt in that instance. Exactly. Uh, Michaels, just a variation Sean of Taker. It, yeah, exactly. And Shawn Michaels even said that too. He was like, I like Bray Wyatt. He's, he's, and I've been saying this to you guys for, well, at least five years, if not longer now, that he would be this generation's Undertaker. Yeah, well, and that's exactly every article, he, everybody says that. But here's the thing. There hasn't been enough but, variations of Undertaker where it still seems a little cool and new. But maybe that's... Maybe that's helping your point out, actually. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, the thing with Bray Wyatt is that while he has that Undertaker-esque feel to him, he has done something to still make himself different. Okay, I, I kind of like this topic, too. I love going to topics, not writing stuff down, and actually going, who do you think right now um, really has, let's say, top three? Who are the top three guys you really feel like have made their own character in the WB in the last five, ten years? Uh, last we'll we'll kind of shorten years. that and say the last five. Yeah, I'll say five years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in in no particular order, if we're going top three here, uh, Bray Wyatt for sure mm-hmm. is is in that list in that category right now. Um, let's see again. Let's if we're do top five. WWE, let's do top five. So me and you both can do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll say Bray Wyatt definitely. Um, man, it's. It's kind of hard to actually. It's kind of hard to really think about that. I'll give you a second because uh, you're you're a little more in depth with your thought. I'll uh I'll do mine. Let's do. I think Seth Rollins because he's a little different. Just because he seems like a, I don't know. He's more like a uh, CrossFit Triple H heel. Good. I don't know. I like Seth Rollins. Um. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like Ty Dillinger is actually a little different to me. He is. I can't really. I, I agree. I can't really pin him down or act like it's any other guy. I don't know if it's a style or what, but he's some somebody I think's gonna be something, and his character already stands out to me. And he's not even on a Raw or SmackDown roster yet. Um, let's see. That's my that's two. Dang, this is hard, isn't it? Wow, there's so many guys to pick from. Oh man. Well, and I don't even know if necessarily it's hard to pick from, but when you start to think about it, I think that's the case. You're right. Better. Who truly has a standout character that's different? Uh, you know what? I'll, you what? I'll throw I'll throw this one out there too because I think he's kind of made his own notch too. Uh, Kevin Owens. Dang, I don't know why I didn't do that. That should be my first guy. Yeah, I definitely Kevin Kevin Owens I think, I think, honestly, is somebody you cannot pin him to any other character in wrestling. That's why he got so hot so quick. I I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Um. I think Sam Zayn can be put in that category too. He is very different, I, but I don't but know. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to go into too much of him now. The underdog. Yeah. No, but I say that because he's the underdog, you know. And, oh and no, I, I, mean, I can like keep going on about this with you, but I wanted. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> um, let's see. God, you know, as, as even though he's not a, uh, he's not necessarily a a uh, a new guy, if you will. He's new to WWE, but I think he's kind of reinvented. His his psychotic character with WWE, um, Eric Young, I think, has done very well uh, with this transition to the sanity gimmick that yeah. he's, that he's done. 
uh, granted, it's again, it's more of a playoff of the the um, uh, the American Psycho like gimmick that he was doing right there at the tail end of his TNA run. But the difference between this version of Eric Young and that one is at the TNA one, he was just crazy. He was just a he was just a crazy guy and uh, didn't really have a whole lot of purpose or sense to it, other than he was just crazy. Um, kind of going along the lines of a Dean Ambrose route, if you will. Yeah. But in this version of Eric Young, he is a very thoughtful, crazy guy. He's very cerebral. He doesn't need to do all the yelling. He doesn't need yeah. to, you know. And he has he has a uh, look act, for it too. Act, absolutely, he doesn't need to act psychotic or anything exactly. like that. He just carries himself. And if you like Eric Young a lot, body. if you like Eric Young a lot, and you think he's gonna be, I don't know, somebody prominent, you can go to rumblingrumors.com and download the free wallpapers that just got created this week of Eric Young. Bam. So absolutely. Um, I can't think of honestly. I cannot think of a top five. I guess I have three. Ben Bauer. Oh, ben Bauer. dang. That's another one, too. I think I think it's just so many guys. I can't, like, I'm tired a little bit. Finn Balor is definitely somebody who's different. <laughs> I don't know. The reason why I like Finn Balor so much, obviously the Jeff Hardy kind of feel to him, but he's like a main eventer Jeff Hardy. Well, I don't even think necessarily he's a, he's a Jeff Hardy. I know. I'm I, just saying the, I get your, the style. Well, no, I get I get your comparison there. I kind of get where you were going with that. face paint stuff. Um, the paint, sure, but the paint kind of gives more of a gimmick I think in that way, he's kind of made his own gimmick with the paint because it's not like Sting where it's just his face. Um, it's not like anybody – it's not like yeah, a Jeff Hardy where his paint was, uh, was always different every single week. You know what? Jeff Hardy's and, paint was different every single time too, just different style and different thing. Balor's smart because he uses it only for pay-per-views. That's what I was going to say. That's what makes him different is that he comes, he comes to the ring. He can be a simple Balor club, Finn Balor. Yep. and just come out exactly. in a leather jacket and everything like that. And then all of a sudden he can turn on the demon side and people are even more enthralled in oh, yeah. his character. It's it's crazy the because the, the Balor you see... Whoa, sorry, what? As he was the, he's the most basic character and that can literally... You just flip on a light switch. I know, and all of a that's why he's so cool. He, he he's a basic character when he comes down in his leather jacket and stuff, but his in-ring style and the way he carries himself in the ring... I mean, he, to me, he's already a mm-hmm. veteran, personally. I agree. You can't go that long in New Japan wrestling and all these independents and not be a veteran by now. Just just because you're not in Raw or SmackDown or WWE in the ring doesn't mean you're not a veteran in wrestling. Well, yeah, I, I completely agree with that, especially now that I've had uh, some time on the independent scene here uh, in wrestling, just doing the commentary. You know, I've seen a bunch of guys that have so much potential to – to uh, make it to the big time. And yet, even if they don't make it to the big time, they've got so much talent. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, really, if you want to see where future wrestling can lie, it is definitely on your independence. You, know what's, you they, know what's funny, man? You bring, you bring up the independence being good and stuff. I was talking to Sam Stackhouse, uh, a professional wrestler who's going to be on our show next week. He was telling me uh, that he really wants to come on you know, often because – he really doesn't have a lot of guys to talk to WWE about because a lot of the independent guys don't watch WWE and they don't ever want to be in WWE. And I was thinking, what that's, the a, that's a very true story. I go, what the heck? 
I go, I would never want to yeah. be around that circle of people that don't want to excel. If you don't want to be in the top game, if, okay, if you're in basketball and you don't want to be in the NBA, what are you doing? I get you may just like it, but in the long run, don't you? I guess some people don't have that drive to go down in history. Well, and, and I don't even know if it's necessarily they don't have the drive, but let me let me kind of give you the, the – I'll give you the other side of uh, the point of view as well. Um, I agree. You know, if you, especially getting into a, a business like pro wrestling, if your goal is not to overall get to the big game, then what is your, what is your goal? What yeah. is your purpose? Um, but that being said, again, I've, I've been able to meet and talk to some guys on the independent scene that, like you said, they, they just do it uh, for fun. One of the, one of the nicest guys that I've met so far, um, he, he, he flat out tells me all the time. He hardly gets a chance to watch WWE, but it's not because he doesn't like WWE. It's just because he's so busy doing other stuff like being a dad, yeah. uh, being a business Well, owner, I think that's different like than that. Sam was telling me. He was saying a lot of the guys don't like watching it because it's trash, basically. Well, and let's uh, now let's call a spade a spade here. Uh, you and I have had many conversations on and off the air where we cannot stand WWE at times. Oh, yeah. Because, like, we'll give, I'll give a prime example – Next weekend at WrestleMania, if Roman Reigns beats The Undertaker, I swear on my life, I think that would be the biggest slap in the face to every single wrestling fan that there has been over the last 20 years. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think that would be the worst decision I want to bring the, ever. Actually, I want, to, I want to bring that back up a little later. This independent talk, I want to keep going with it. But yeah, that's very, very true about the Roman Reigns going over. <laughs> Man. Um, but I don't know. It just It just feels like... If you're an indie wrestler and you're working, I don't know how much you get a show. It depends which area you're in and how much I think area brings in. But I just feel like you'd want to watch wrestling and study how they make they make themselves. Because most of those guys more than likely grew up on WWE as a kid and became yep. fans because of WWE. So as they get older, I almost wonder if some of the guys maybe Sam's talking about are a little older or some, or whatever, and they just assume they're never going to make it, so they want to, in the back of their mind, so they never really like put an emphasis on it and, and talk crap about it. You know what I mean? No, and that's, that's a fair assessment, I think, because, uh, and yeah, you actually would be surprised. Uh, some of the guys, uh, most of the guys that are on the indie circuit, they're not necessarily the youngest of guys. Oh, yeah. Not to say that they not to say that everybody I've uh, encountered is old by any stretch of the imagination, yeah, yeah. Um, but they just, they've kind of reached a certain point in their life where they're comfortable and they, they like what they're doing. And on that's the, indie the problem. Where they, they, yeah. And I mean, some people find that as a problem, but then again, but there's some any, people again that they do yeah, find but, it as, Hey, this can be a hobby. I guess you're true. If it's a hobby, it's true. If you're trying to make a living out of it and it's your passion and you're, you're uh What's the word when you said uh, when you're settled with something? Comp is that, you can say that. You're settling. Yeah, there's another word for it. Whatever it is. But uh, it's like anything. If you have a job somewhere and you just settle and never work to get to the higher position, I mean, I get it. I guess you're just – what's the word when you're, you're content? When you're content with something, you don't really strive for something. In the long run, I feel like those people look back at their life and they think – Oh, what it could have, should have, I could have pushed myself harder. I should have done this. That's to me. People, I don't know. People lie to themselves a little bit, and they talk themselves down, and they justify why they're not making it or whatever. Personally, I'm not trying to attack yeah. anybody. I'm no, just saying. I no, no, no. I know you're not, and and I completely can. Travis, I can see you work at a you work at a bank, right? 
Do what now? You work at a bank, right? Uh, I work for a loan company. Loan company. So, so you always want to stay in your position the rest of your life. You're content. You're making good money. You never want to be higher up, right? <laughs> exactly. Who would not want to make more money? It's weird. Even if I, you're... I'm not, I'm not going to throw myself under the bus like that. <laughs> you know, I'm well, being recorded after all. No, I'm saying you want to strive to do... You straight. You want to get a better position in that company. That's that's how anybody is. If you're not somewhere where you want to get bigger and better, then I don't want that guy and my team personally because they're going to bring the company down. They're not going to be positive. They're not going to be productive, personally. Right. Well, and and here's something else to think about though too. Again, going from the other side of things, yeah. um, one of the guy the, the guy that brought me into the indie scene, uh, Tim jo- uh, Tim Johnson or Tim Rockwell on the indie scene, which eventually we're going to have him on this show too. Heck yeah, um, he uh, he's the founder and promoter of WFC, right? Yep. Talk um, it to him at all. So if Tim gets a chance to listen to this, I hope he doesn't take offense to me saying this <laughs> at all. You lose your job. Tim Travis. has reached a point in his life. No, no. Uh, Tim has reached a point in his life where wrestling, he enjoys professional wrestling, but at this point, it's not about money to him because the whole organization... Well, that's, yeah, WFC, that's a different concept. Hold on, hold on. Hmm. Uh, his, his whole purpose with wrestling now is he wants to put shows together because he wants to help children that are fighting pediatric cancer or... Uh, terminal diseases, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's called uh, WFC, so he, Wrestle for a Cause, for anybody who don't know right. about it or wants to donate. Right. He's he's definitely somebody where uh, his his success in wrestling is now based off the success of WFC and watching these kids that are battling uh, potentially life-ending diseases, uh, seeing them happy and seeing them enjoy. That's, yeah, that's I, don't think that's, I don't think that's a knock at all. You set it up like it's going to be some bad thing. That's actually a positive, No, no, no. Thing. I, I think some people just have a different definition of yeah. what they consider success. You know oh, what I mean? definitely, definitely. Uh, like, like what you're saying. Some but he's people running, he's running a company. Making it to WWE. He's running a company. Right, right. He's not trying to be a professional wrestler. He's trying to make his business keep going. So if Tim Rockwell but, wants to make his business, but yet he gets to continue, and yet he continues to do what he loves all, yeah. as a professional wrestler, though too, because he still does uh, uh, other indie shows. He just did a show. Oh, he wrestles I believe, last night with DPW. Yeah, yeah, he still wrestles. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's the promoter, founder. He wrestles at WFC. I did not know. He he, I did not know he wrestled too. Yeah, he wrestled. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I didn't know he wrestled. I don't know why I'm not thinking right. <laughs> there's so many the independent morning. promotions I've been looking at and talking to I just I, my mind gets uh, confused with some of the guys well I don't think there's a knock at all you know he's but in general if Tim Rockwell wants to put on some matches that he you know with some guys that aren't um, into the business or doesn't really want to make the match good I don't know I just feel like I would not have guys in my ring that don't bring in at least somebody you know some viewers personally yeah it's okay. it, the, the... I'm telling you, indie wrestling, it's a whole other level. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's a whole different world. Let's go on to different different topic a little bit, more into mainstream stuff for all mainstream viewers. Um, something real quick. Uh, they're teasing, maybe, that Lita might come back for the women's championship match at SmackDown. God, I would hope not. Why not? Man, you know, this may sound bad, me saying this about Lita. You don't Lita, want to see those titties one last time, wrestled, She wrestled at an independent show. Uh, 
just uh, recently, mm. and I don't I don't know. Oh, I didn't watch the match. She just didn't let, no. I, again, I didn't watch the match, but just didn't seem like the old Lita. You know what I mean? That's mm. that's weird. That's weird to say. It just it just didn't feel or look like Lita from the day. Well, she's a little older now and stuff. True, true, but who knows? You know, they they may throw a nice little thing. What maybe maybe they should back? bring Sa Rios cool. back. I'm just gonna pretend like you didn't even say that. Oh, is he dead? I don't know. I'm just gonna pretend oh. like you didn't say. Oh, that. I thought you meant he was dead. Then I felt bad for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. No, I don't know. Another another quick topic. Uh, actually, semi quick. Matt Hardy's online store is officially shut down. I'm wondering, he actually posted about his store being down, then he tweeted about something big coming. Um, I wonder what this entails. The only reason why you would shut down a store that's making you money is because you signed a better deal or better contract, which is going to make you way more money selling your merchandise. <coughs> WWE contract. What do you think, Travis? Yes. Uh, it's very, very possible. Um, even Dave Meltzer uh, hinted that that is the case because somebody asked him about the online store. And uh, I, I can't remember exactly what the question was. It did entail if it said something along the lines, does this mean that they could or they may be going to WWE? And Meltzer responded with, not maybe, definitely. And, really? And uh, did the dot. I didn't read dot. that. Yeah, Dave Meltzer, just FYI, for anybody that doesn't know who Dave Meltzer is, he's been a wrestling, professional wrestling journalist for uh, a long almost, time. Almost 30, yeah, at least 20, if not 25 years now. Um, and he's, he's looked at as one of the top guys that does not play around with his news. Like, if he says it, it's golden. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's usually um, try, who I try to report off of. If I find some report or rumor or whatever... I kind of like to see if he talks about it at all. Yeah, him and Bill After are always usually guarantees on what they say. Um, also, I you know I follow a couple different other websites see, as well, um, but the main one that I follow wrestling wise has always been pretty accurate with their uh, uh, with their reporting. So I've never had a problem with them. Um, there's a lot of several different factors, obviously, that go into certain things. Yeah, my thing yeah. with the Hardys though is it's. It is really going to disappoint me if somehow, some way, if they don't come in with the broken gimmick. I know. It's going to be freaking – everybody's talking – I post this article too on rebelrumors.com and uh, on Google Plus, which I have a huge – we have a huge fan base on there. They're all talking about if they do come, please bring broken hardies. But since ROH is involved – and uh, RH, TNA. ROH, since TNA is yeah. involved and they actually just um, what do you call it they trademarked the rights to the Broken Hardies I, I don't know it's no, no, still... no, 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 no. hold on the videos the videos yes and, and, and I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because I've been I literally have been thinking about this for mm-hmm. the last three or four days uh, since that happened trying to figure out if it would be smart for WWE to bring them in as the Broken Hardies um, maybe ease into it, something along those lines. I've been trying to figure out how they can make this work. And I finally came to the conclusion of a couple of things. No, kind of, but I still think you could get away with the broken thing. But this is why I say that. Um, first off, the trademark that they did on the videos, I want to clarify this for people because people that don't know trademark and copyright laws, trademarking videos 
does not mean you're trademarking characters. Prime example of that, when you trademark, for instance, a video by WWE, like when WWE tra trademarks their SmackDown and Raw recaps that they post on YouTube, and let's say AJ Styles is in them, right? Basically, what trademarking means on those videos means you only WWE has the right to make any kind of profit off of that video. That doesn't mean that they necessarily own the character yeah. that's in the video or they so, own the people. And that's what TNA did is they just trademarked their videos to make sure that they can't, nobody else can make a profit, including the Hardys, off of their videos, yeah. which is perfectly yeah. fine. It's their company. That does not mean, though, that they own the rights to the broken characters. Yeah. So you know, if um, that was the case, they could have done that with AJ Styles. Yeah. And probably have that's paid true. a sweeping of cash now. That's very true. You know. Um, so, uh, oh, I was saying. So, if they were to come back as Jeff and Matt Hardy, the old school guys, the old school guys. So they are old school guys now. That's funny. Um, I wonder if they would come back. Either way, if they come back as Broken Hardys or Matt and Jeff Hardy. Would they come back with some kind of legend contract, or would they come back as just wrestlers again? I think honestly they would come back with a uh, with sort of a deal, not a part time deal, but I think they would come back with like a TV only type of deal. And well, you know, maybe not. And I say that now that I think about that, because now that you brought it up, uh, they probably could come back as full time if they wanted to, because they're kind of already doing that now. That's going what I was thinking. Do you think they're young enough to keep doing that stuff? Because I feel like I'm, I'm not sure the difference in age between Dudley boys and stuff, but they're around the same period of time. And when Dudley's boys came back, they weren't really around that much televised and different things. So I'm really hoping if Matt and Jeff come back, I don't know. I know it's, it's just me and my nostalgia and all this stuff, but I really want them to come back and then do their team thing for as long as they can. Milk it, milk it, milk it. But I really want to see Jeff and or Matt have that, awesome title run WWE universal whatever it is they deserve Personally. in my opinion uh matt hardy is, is i still i still want the broken character to come and i was i was alluding yes. to this uh, a few minutes ago is i think the only reason why uh, they haven't been able to utilize the full broken characters in ring of honor with the hardys is because well let's face it Sinclair Broadcasting, who is the parent company and owners of Ring of Honor, they honestly, I don't think, have the funds necessary to fight against TNA on a lawsuit battle mm -hmm. and you know potentially win or lose it to use those characters. But this could be part of the contract deal, too, because WWE knows what's going on. Ain't yeah. Nobody's stupid as to know what's going on. And to be perfectly honest with you, I highly doubt Matt and Jeff both would re-sign WWE contracts where they're saying, oh, we're just going to come back and be generic or whatever the case may be, yeah. because they know how much money can be made with these characters oh, right yeah, now, right? Exactly. So, so that being said, what if there is a contract that has been drawn up and has been agreed to where the Hardys are coming back with the help of WWE to fight the lawsuit battle against TNA. Because let's face it, WWE is a bigger commodity. They've got a lot bigger of a legal staff than TNA. Oh, yeah. Do you realize how quickly that they could probably, 
has always said, he wants to retire with WWE. He wants to end his career in WWE. Which is pretty much every smart wrestler's goal. Even Kurt Angle's doing the same thing right now. And if if that happens, this is just my opinion only. Yeah. Uh, If Matt Hardy wanted to go that route too, this would be no better time than to go ahead and come into WWE, do one more run with the Broken Universe, and then have WWE trademark the Broken Universe because then you never have to worry about. That's funny. Uh, WWE Universe and Broken Universe. It makes more sense. And it would it would be even cooler with the Broken Matt Hardy because it's his Broken Universe. Yeah. Which which is why he he would be perfect to go after the Universal title Ooh, because then that he can make is actually Broken an awesome Universe idea, man. I'm Dude, telling that you, is a great I, freaking idea. It's, there's a lot that can be done with I this. I know, that sounds character. fun. It gets me excited, you know, man. It gets would, me really excited that Matt and Jeff Hardy have, like, revamped their career in the last two years. Because, really... There, there was something that I saw not too long ago that, that made me laugh, but it was so very true. Uh, it said, uh, in 2016, the three biggest characters in professional wrestling are these three men. And it was Chris Jericho who reutilized himself with the list. Hell yeah. And then it was Matt and Jeff Hardy that revamped themselves as the broken universe. Yep. So how how weird is it that three men who really established themselves in the nineteen nineties and had their best career runs in the nineties going into the two thousands have reestablished themselves as well, top stars? It means they have good characters and they have good business minds. Yeah, they know how to stay fresh. They know how to reinvent themselves and stay relevant. Let's stay on the Hardy topic for a little tiny bit longer. This is my favorite guys ever. Um, So there are such my favorite guys that when I was a young kid in middle school, I actually wore the fishnets on my my hands like Jeff Hardy did to school. (laughs) So that tells you anything. Uh, Yeah, I'm a big nerd. nerd. I'm a big nerd. (laughs) I really am. Uh, So... Do you think this Jeff Hardy? I know this Matt Hardy is way better than any Matt Hardy we've ever seen. Version one, extreme heart Matt Hardy, we know. But Jeff Hardy and Brother Nero, I don't know which one's better, honestly, man. You know, for for me, I've you and I have talked about this before. I've always been, I've always been the guy that's uh, that's for some reason or another drawn to the the darker characters. You know, like I.E. Undertaker. Uh, yeah. Crow Sting, oh, Bray yeah, Wyatt. Yeah, oh, yeah. Those have always been those have always been my favorite. It's because characters. you have a dark Why? inside. I, I yeah. think so too, to be perfectly honest. But <laughs> that's why Paige uh, the, likes you. The brother, right? <laughs> the the brother Nero side of Jeff Hardy is it's not necessarily a uh, a more extreme Jeff Hardy. Uh, actually, more so, quite the contrary. The reason he became Brother Nero, or Broken Heart, uh, Jeff, if you will, was in TNA, uh, Matt Hardy was the one that was telling Jeff that, you know, you do all these fancy maneuvers and you're killing your body, but for what? Like, what is the purpose of doing this? Just for fan uh, adulation? Who cares, you know? Yeah. And he pretty much, he had Jeff get to a breaking point in his mind and that's what turned him into Brother Nero, who did not do all the extreme stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, part of the character of Brother Nero was that Broken Matt refused to let uh, Brother Nero use those maneuvers unless he told him he could, which only happened in like big, important matches. 
which I think was smart because it's, that it's then cool gave concept. you a chance. To, it was a it was a good concept also for Jeff because it gave Jeff a chance to actually show wrestling moves, not just be the extreme guy all the time. Yeah. So now think about it. You bring in Jeff Hardy, who's always been known as the risk taker and daredevil, but now he's reinventing himself as Brother Nero, who's now more of a wrestler as oh, opposed yeah. to just a high flyer. That's a that's a good that's a body saving technique also yeah. on Jeff Hardy, so that he doesn't wear on his butt, body very much. That's true. Um, well, let me get. And a I think that can talks. that can work. You what? I th- I think that can work. Can you imagine if, in all hypothetical circumstances, uh, if the Hardys could first off, do I think they would go to SmackDown or Raw as a team? No, personally, I think it would be better to send Matt Hardy over onto Raw. Um, and then I would put Jeff over on SmackDown, still have them interact with each other, like uh, do vignettes or whatnot with yeah, each other true. and still keep that, that camaraderie. But can you imagine a feud between Brother Nero and Bray Wyatt? Like, that's, like think about yeah, that for a second. That's true. I can see that. We've I can seen see Bray Wyatt good. refer to well, we already have seen Bray Wyatt refer to other people that he feels can be in his vision as brothers. But yeah. what about one brother he could Ooh, not you're change? So, man, you're should be. That's pretty good too. You're on a roll tonight. I, today. I don't know what it is, but maybe that's why I'm such a, a wrestling fan is because I can come up with creative. I mean, it makes ideas sense. Though. So here's the thing, though. Like, Sadly, the stuff you say, I would never see them doing crap like that because they're so retarded and just do stupid stuff half the time. Bad guy versus good guy. Girlfriend cheats on a guy. Two friends get in a fight. They hate each other now. Those are actually smart, cool, little creative storylines to get into. Well, and I've always, that's that's one thing of the of, even last night when I was doing a, an indie show for IZW in Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, oh, you were you, you were know, in Lawton, Oklahoma? Got, really? Yeah, I got to I got to go do some commentary that was broadcasted on the fight uh, the fight app, which you can go download their show IZW Coronation nine ninety nine, and you can watch it. Um, but beforehand, I got to talk to a bunch of the guys that were on the card, and here was here was something that I found very awesome was that these guys, some of them I have met a couple times, some of them I was just meeting for the first time, yeah. and then some of them I've actually built somewhat of a rapport with. I was actually going over there, some of their spots in the matches. And what was interesting is some of the guys were actually liking a lot of the ideas that I was suggesting to them. And it's just that creative stimulation that I enjoy yeah. with wrestling. I, I like to expand the mind of people. I like to actually give them something that a can make logical sense, but also can stimulate them to be like, wow, this is super cool. You know, this is super creative. You know, that's, well, just, it's just that's little small ideas that can trickle Brother down Nero. to a major storyline. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I mean, again, putting Matt Hardy over on Raw with would be the sole intent of him going for that Universal title because it just plays so well. I know that's a cool idea because all the stuff he says, yeah. Um, and then yeah, I, I I totally see a Jeff Hardy or in this case a Brother Nero versus Bray Wyatt feud. I think could be absolute money on SmackDown. I just think if Jeff Hardy stayed straight and doesn't get any more problems and stuff, the sad part is he was doing well on WWE, but remember, uh, I don't, I forgot why he left the last time. Remember? Well, he left because he, uh, uh, Jeff Hardy's thing with 
the reason he left WWE in the first place back in 2009 mm-hmm. was simply because he didn't want to get burnt out again. Uh, and that was, okay. that was yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Now, that's also not to say that he didn't have his personal problems, too. Yep. However, Jeff, however, has stayed very much on the straight and narrow for almost, I want to say, golly, going on at least four years now. Cause, well, I think it took that uh, one match he had to do it. No, and it wasn't even the match because it's it's one of those things where it's it's not a match necessarily that changed him. It, well, was, it was embarrassing. It was his daughter. It was, Oh. It, well, it was, it was his family, it was his daughter, because he, he knew, and he even said this in an interview one time. He said, you know, I had a little girl that I needed to, do I want her to grow up with a messed up dad, or do I want her to see that her dad was somebody special? You yeah, know, um, I've got a responsibility to take care of. I've got a family to take care of. I've got a wife who I love. I've got a daughter that looks, that hopefully looks up to me. I don't want to be... Uh, I don't want to be a dad that she has to be ashamed of. Oh yeah. So that is what changed, and that's what changed him, you know. And and he's been the same. He's been straight and narrow ever since. So I don't think that that's going to be a problem for for the Hardys, especially Jeff. I don't think that'll be anything to worry Good. about on this run if he did sign with them. Yeah, I don't think so either. I was just throwing out there. Um, two more things because I want to get this stuff uh, talked about real quick. Um, this one we can talk about pretty quickly, but the last one. You're you're gonna want to talk about it for a minute. So, um, so it's already being kind of rumored. This is no spoiler, guys. I don't tell any spoilers on here. I never do. They're just rumors that aren't confirmed. If it was a rumor that's confirmed and a real spoiler, I wouldn't be saying it. So this is a very loose, loose rumor going around that Mick Foley may actually interfere in Seth Rollins Triple H match. And if that's true, if that does happen because Seth Rollins is hurt and he may not have like amazing match and he whatever whatever the reason DX comes out I don't know whatever, um, do you think it'd be cool for Foley Triple H at SummerSlam? Um, no, and it's not because I don't like Mick Foley, and it's not because we haven't seen awesome matches with Triple H. Okay, and Mick how Foley about Mankind versus Mick, Mankind versus Triple H? No, 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 no. Okay, no. how about Cactus? Uh, that, Sorry, I had to. No, no I was going to say nobody. No okay. Mick Foley. Okay. No Mick Foley, period. But that's mainly because of the health of Mick Foley right now. Um, but Mick Foley after his surgery, though. But this is a certain – we don't know if this is a surgery that's going to take place here soon or not because and, – and just as a side note, I believe it's a hip replacement surgery that yeah. he definitely needs. Um it's the exact same surgery that the undertaker needs desperately as well and has been in severe pain. And it's already been said that most people that have hip replacement surgeries, mm-hmm. that's their career ender right there. Is it because they, they, they listen to too much hip hop growing up? So, it's not, it's not about the hip hop. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I'm waking up a little bit. Okay. I just you're want, being stupid is what you're I, <laughs> I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. And this one I want to talk about for a minute and probably close out with this one. What would be a dream retirement match for The Undertaker? Bam. Undertaker and Sting. You think so? Out of all the matches Taker could have, you think it would be with a guy that's not even from WWE at all, or is going to help that guy's future because he's going to be there for a while. You really truly think Sting would be the one? Well, uh, to your point on helping somebody in the future, Taker already did that. 
Uh, I don't know what I'm saying for a closing out I, match. I, I know, I know, but hear me out. This is this is why I'm going to say this. So you you said I, I would have a long to- a long opinion on this, and I do. So of course. bear with me for a second. Um, Taker already has helped a young guy, and he wasn't even necessarily young. But what he did was he made somebody more important and more special. Who um, putting he putting Brock Lesnar over as the guy to beat the streak was Stupid. in most people's minds. No, including myself. Yes, I honestly would not have complained if the streak would still be here today. Um, but also, I looking back at it now, it honestly was not the be- or it was not the worst decision they made. And I say that because look where Brock Lesnar is now. Brock Lesnar is one of the single hottest attractions that fans get behind. Like even when he's supposed to be a bad guy, people cheer. People cheer uh, Brock Lesnar right now. Um, he's he's always supposed to be the the bad guy in every story that he's been in uh, since that time. Um, but people like Lesnar. People still cheer him. People still get behind. I mean, why Lesner. do you think that is and, though? Why do you really think some guy that pe- he's never really there? He doesn't do any wrestling moves besides a suplex here and there, pretty much, and they give crap to Goldberg for having quick matches, at least he does a freaking jackhammer, which takes more effort than, you know, suplexes, suplexes and punches. What do you think really uh, drives a real true wrestling fan who loves wrestling so much and wants to see real wrestling matches? Why do they fall for somebody like Brock Lesnar who's never there and never has real complete wrestling matches? Well, and this this is actually kind of a good topic to end on because this is going to be something that I discuss a little bit more in depth on the next wrestling reality coming out this upcoming week on Friday. Um, and it it involves it involves the fact that uh, WrestleMania is going to be headlined by two part timers. Um, so I'm glad that you actually brought up Goldberg in that sentence. Um, but Brock Lesnar he gets cheered because people. People want to feel like at it's some real. points that professional wrestling exactly, yep. and Brock Lesnar brings that realism You're to right. professional wrestling. He brings the legitimacy to wrestling. A former UFC champion, uh, a multiple-time WWE champion, NCAA Division One wrestler from the University of Minnesota. He's even played in the NFL a little bit. Um, you know, Brock Lesnar's credentials—they speak for themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's one of those things where he's he's a legitimate factor in wrestling, and nobody can deny that. Uh, I think that's why people will still cheer Brock Lesnar, even people that are the most jaded wrestling fans. That, like you said, are like, I want to see real matches. I want to see like two full timers that are there all the time headline WrestleMania. Which personally, I do too. But I'm also not going to argue with Lesnar and Goldberg being. Uh, being a headline, which again, I'll go in in depth detail on that on wrestling reality. But, um, for this case, Brock Lesnar will always be cheered and will always be admired because at the end of the day, he was a wrestling guy. Okay. He made his name in WWE in 2002, 2003, left in 2004. But even when he went into MMA and went into the UFC, he was referred to as what? A WWE wrestler. He was called a WWE guy. Yeah. So, um, so he's always going to be that guy. Yeah. 
But what I'm kind of getting at in my little, my little spiel, because you know you like Goldberg. Goldberg also made his name off wrestling. But for some reason, the fans are all ragging on Goldberg. Yeah, the crowds cheer for Goldberg and stuff. I'm sure they edit the crowd half the time like they do the Roman Reigns stuff. But I feel like a lot of the fans, the true wrestling fans, for some reason don't like Goldberg anymore because he's having these really short matches. And they're kind of already fed up with it. But a lot of Brock Lesnar's matches have been pretty short. I mean, the ones that aren't short are the guys that just want to take a beating because all he does is just give beatings out and kind of just, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't get that get that uh, position wide no, anymore. No, it's almost a very hypocritical statement in what because I get what you're saying. And, yeah, there are a, a lot of fans that are, that are very much hypocritical in the fact that, yeah, they'll cheer Brock Lesnar. But, yeah, Brock Lesnar matches are pretty one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not a whole lot that go on them. It's suplex, repeat, suplex, repeat, and is, suplex, repeat, and, you know what? and then F5, yeah. and they're done. Is, is Goldberg know? not uh, real enough for people? He was a football guy. He does Muay Thai all the time. Uh, is that Muay Thai? I think Muay Thai. He, um, what else? He's done amateur wrestling. He's done so much stuff, which makes him real outside of you know professional wrestling. I just don't get the disconnect. I've never been a WCW big fan or anything, but uh, I guess because Brock Lesnar made his name in WWE, maybe? I don't know. It, it could be, um, but also I think, uh, I think the most, the problem people have with the Goldberg situation, which um, to what you're saying about WWE editing fan reactions and stuff like that, oh, yeah. dude, any reaction that Goldberg has gotten has been straight up real. Because if you watch when Goldberg comes out, the the very first night he came back in Denver, right? Oh, yeah. Um, the fans went crazy. Like, they went back to the Goldberg chance and everything. And oh, yeah, nobody expected that. I didn't I didn't really? expect that because I, I expect that a lot of people, people love nostalgia. No, no. Here's why I didn't expect that because a lot of the WWE crowd nowadays they don't know who Bill Goldberg is because they're kids. They well, don't remember who that's, Bill Goldberg. That's arguable, is. man. Because Goldberg but, is one of those stars, like you've said before, was really the face of a whole entire company. I get like people may not know like a uh, Rey Mysterio now or. I'm talking about WCW guys now. A Rey Mysterio or a Vampiro. I get that. But a Goldberg or a Sting, if you like wrestling even a little bit, you've seen it somewhere. Well, and I think what what also has helped the reactions with Goldberg, and especially because it all started with that, that return in Denver. Yeah. Um, you, had, you had enough people there, enough adults that, like you said, were living off of the, the nostalgia and the name of Goldberg that – and I'm sure you've seen it going to WWE shows. I've seen it personally, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids in the audience, they will follow what is going on with the adults. Like, if the adults are cheering somebody, they kind of want to be cool like the adults because they think that the adults are cool and right. So they're going to cheer along with them. So doing the Goldberg chants, I think the kids just picked up on. But then Goldberg coming out and doing his promo about you know wanting to be a superhero for the kids – now the kids have a reason to like him because they're like, oh, he's he's here for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, which is why I think his momentum has been so good on this return. Um, I uh, I don't I think people just have a problem with it, or the diehard fans, I should say. Even though I like to consider myself a diehard fan, I don't have an issue with the way that they've booked Goldberg and Brock Lesnar whatsoever. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah. The people, the people, I think, have a problem with it because of the fact that Goldberg's 50 years old, 
and they're making it look like a 50-year-old man could kill a 38- or 40-year-old guy, which, to be perfectly yeah, fair... Yeah, but, man, to me, it's like, look at... I mean, I'm not looks aren't everything, but it's not as a 50-year-old. Goldberg's in great shape still. Oh, that's... Well, that was going to be one of my points, okay. too. Um, in, all, in, all, in all actuality, if a guy like Goldberg, in the shape that Goldberg's in... Uh, wants to stand up to a 40-some-odd-year-old guy, a guy who's only about 10 years, maybe a little bit well, more. We know who would win in a real fight. Come on. Huh? We know who would win in a real fight, man. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. Hands down. Well, I mean, yeah. Come on. In this, in this case, with the, am- with the amateur wrestling background yeah. and the mixed martial arts background, well, both of them have a mixed martial yeah, arts man, background but now. It's so. a little different to have a background and actually compete at UFC. It's a little different, and be a champion at UFC. It, it, it takes a different level of training. If you're training, you should know this because you do that stuff before. If you're training for Muay Thai or whatever on your own as a hobby, awesome. But if you're doing it to compete against somebody else, like the Olympics or whatever it is, you're a different kind of athlete once you become a champion of that company. No, you're right. You're yeah. right, and 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 that I agree with one hundred percent. I I completely get where you're coming oh, from on that. Let's backtrack uh, though, because we don't have a lot of time left. Not Undertaker versus Sting. You really think that is your choice for the retirement match? Yes, because uh, people who are close to Undertaker have said that there's two matches um, that that Taker has really wanted to send him off. Like if he had if he had to choose between uh, two people, he said there's two people that he would like to end his career with. Um, Again, if he has this hip replacement surgery, which he's in dire need of after WrestleMania, um, this actually could be Taker's final match at Mania. Um, and being that Taker is an old school guy, uh, old school normally means that uh, you lose your last match, which you know if you you can kind of figure out where I'm going with yeah. that. Yeah, um, that's why I'm I'm hoping. So you're basically th- you're basically saying WWE might actually give Sting. A televised, really popular win? No way. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if this is the last match of the Undertaker, yeah, we're gonna look at some very upset fans coming out of WrestleMania, and we might as well just bury the career of one guy. So my my take on this, because I've been asking all the questions, and I'm able to can't give as many answers because Sharon's not on. So. My take on this is I really think somebody to retire Taker should be somebody a little bit younger who's going to be around for a while. I'm not saying I love Kevin Owens so much, I'm biased, but somebody like a Kevin Owens, somebody like a, uh, who else, who's, who's pretty young still that you know. You know, I guess Roman Reigns, somebody like that who's actually going to be able to retire and be around for another 10 years to make it worth it. Brock Lesnar, to me, if that would have ended on finally beating Taker, which it should have, honestly, the person to end the streak should have been the one to retire Taker. It would only have made sense, honestly. I don't see a point of Taker keep coming back every year, every year, for what? What are you proving now, personally? There's no title on the line. True, and, and, and you're right, That's that's and that's one of the main arguments of why I feel like the streak shouldn't have ended, because yep. the streak became a title in and of itself. Oh, hell you know, yeah. It was like, yeah. it's like, is somebody going to break the streak? And I'm with you. Whoever did break it, or if it was supposed to be broken, uh, that should have been his retirement match. Yep. Um, 
But that that being said, sending Taker off against Cena or Sting uh, at that point, it's all about the money match. It's the marquee match. Personally, it's not about, I would be uh, down for Cena because Cena, I know, oh, he's accomplished too much. He's already done too much. That's the whole point. When you put in that much time and that much effort into a career, hey, buddy, if you work at a Walmart for 20, 30 years and you're the head honcho, you need some perks. I mean, if you stayed with the company and did them right and you're going to keep coming back and helping them out, you should get some major perks. You know, if Walmart wants to buy you a car or they want to give you a, a, I don't know, whatever. But for Cena, I think that'd be good for Cena's career because he's done so much for the company. Why not let Cena go out with that? And Cena will still be wrestling for a long time, even if it's on a part-time basis or not. So I would like that. I didn't think think about Cena, honestly, because I thought he maybe a little bit too older for the for that win or for that uh, title. Well, and, and you're right. I can see that too. But my thing with Sting is not, not just because I'm a Sting fan. I want to, I want to kind of preface this before I say <laughs> anything else, but both Sting and Taker have gone on record before as saying that they would like to work a match with each other. Yeah. I want to see that too. They know, well, because they know it would sell. They know it would be a match, a main event well, level match. That why people hasn't WWE ever done it then? I don't know. get it. Because Vince, is, I'm sorry, I, I Why? <laughs> I'm just saying right now, Vince is stupid. Seriously, because Vince, for some reason, he does not do the marquee matches when he has the opportunity. And if you want a prime example of it, WrestleMania eight should have been headlined by Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, but yeah. for whatever reason, uh, it didn't happen. The next marquee match that he could have had, coincidentally, ten years later, WrestleMania eighteen, he could have done Stone Cold versus Hulk Hogan. Granted, we've got we got the Rock versus Hogan, which was still good. Oh man, really, that I match! Mean, I, I've watched it so many Hogan. times, God. <laughs> but come on, you can't tell me that Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan wouldn't have been a sellout as well. Stone Cold versus Hulk Hogan, everybody want to see that. I mean, now that That's I'm older, he I, had the chance. You what? He had the chance. Yeah, he didn't do it. I don't know what it is. Reason. I think Vince just likes to have his it. top guys that he created, and he doesn't want to, like, uh, I don't know. He doesn't want them to go under over somebody else's creations. I think, I think in all honesty, I just think Vince doesn't uh, – he just doesn't want to give the fans what they want. But why? Why would, you want to do, why would you want to do that? And I've heard that concept so many times. But do you think there's a long-term goal for a lot of these things, like – he gives you he gives you the no, match later, I mean, or he builds it up no. later, or it's because he doesn't want to push this guy anymore, or he knows behind the scenes that this guy is a shithead and he doesn't deserve this uh, this uh, you know title. No, I think it's just ego. I think it's just ego because I I think Vince is one of those guys that if it's not his idea, then it's not good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Or if he or if he doesn't if he doesn't back it, it's not a good idea. Because let's face it, Daniel Bryan, even though numerous reports come out saying that you know Vince was uh, Vince was always behind the Daniel Bryan push or anything like that. Uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, even CM Punk said on his podcast, Daniel Bryan was nowhere near the main event picture for WrestleMania 30. Even in when CM Punk walked out. Now again, this is according to Punk's word. Um, even he said it boggles my mind how for some reason. Daniel Bryan still hasn't been factored into your main event picture yeah. for your biggest show of the year. He is the guy right now and is a white hot face. It's just, oh man, need, that's you know, we have so many topics going on today. <laughs> I'm we, telling you, I, I don't know this. 
I mean, I wish Sharon was here, but it feels like we're going back and forth so well right now. So it's crazy that you bring that up because that's so true. When Daniel Bryan, everybody felt that. Everybody watching Daniel Bryan, everybody who's even a casual wrestling fan, you could tell NBA NBA crowds were doing Daniel Bryan's chant. I mean, you knew he was so hot, and he was never truly pushed as a face no, of TV. He, he wasn't a WWE guy. Hell, even Vince said himself when he got uh, sorry when he hired uh, Daniel Bryan, and it used to be on uh, WWE broadcasts a dozen different times uh, because Daniel Bryan was vegan. They used to use that as a point of insult towards him on commentary. Oh, I remember that. What's the point? Well, they're just the point that, that was though, usually that was usually know? that was usually the heel rep, heel uh, heel announcer or the you know the non face announcer that was saying Vince those McMahon things. Because, no, that was even Vince McMahon because uh, I forget I honestly forget who it was that backed Daniel Bryan. Uh, backstage one time, it was a big name guy, yeah. and I cannot remember for the life of me who it was. But they, it was Chris Jericho. That's who it was. Exactly. Uh, and it was shortly after the match that he had with Daniel Bryan on the NXT debut episode. Right? He flat out said, "He said that kid is money right there." And Vince looked at Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho has gone on record to say this is what happened. Daniel Bryan has gone on record to say this is what's happened. Vince McMahon looked right at Chris Jericho and said. Him? He's a vegan, for God's sake. <laughs> Vince McMahon never saw money in Daniel Bryan. But never. do you think never after saw this money. time, though, with him, Daniel Bryan, showing his longevity and showing he's really passionate for to you know help WWE how he can and being the general manager and stuff, do you think maybe now Vince has seen the money in him after all this time? Because yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't exactly- keep him around. It's the exact same scenario with CM Punk, though. He never saw money with CM Punk until CM Punk took a microphone and they said, go out and say whatever you want to. And he said, fine, I will go out and I will say whatever I want to. And he did just that. And what happened? Well, The wrestling world <laughs> blew the F up. Well, after I don't that think it's about pipe. the pipe bombs in Vince's eyes. I think it's more about a big, beefy wrestler that he created. He's always been about a beefier, beefier, taller, bigger dudes becoming the champion or looking like the face of wrestling. You can look at any decade so far, and there's never been one true uh, time period where there's not been a face that is the title holder that's somewhat bigger or has a bigger persona. You know what I mean? Even though Bray Wyatt's a, you know not no, huge, I, yeah. Bray Wyatt's bigger, Cena, Batista... Uh, I mean, I can go on and on and on. You have a CM Punk here with Daniel Bryan. CM Punk proved people a little wrong because he and had, what, the longest title reign ever, ever or no? In the last 25 years, he's had the longest title so reign. So you, give Vince some cre- you have to give Vince some credit, man, because Vince would not let you become in the history if he didn't see something in you. No, what he saw was uh, money. Is he finally saw that there was money with Punk because people got behind CM Punk? Yeah, just like with Daniel Bryan. When Vince will only do what is good for the business, it seems like once he's got his back pushed against the wall. Yeah, because it seems like once the fans really push for something, and and like it's like okay, apparently they're not going to give in to what I'm trying to push them then I, I just need to appease them and then give them what they want. I just think Vince and has been around for so long. It's Like you said, against the wall. It's very hard to get through to him. And I think, thank goodness, because of Triple H, 
things are slowly happening that are good things. A Kevin Owens, a Seth Rollins, these kind of guys. This is part of Triple H's long-term view. Definitely. He just did a... He just did a, a conference call about uh, yep. the takeover event coming up next week, and he even said in his in his uh, phone conference there was a little snippet that I read. Um, he said, "I am looking to change the perception and the perspective of what WWE wrestlers are supposed to be and what they look like." There's a reason why we have been going around and signing a bunch of independent talents. There's a reason why we've been scouting across seas. There's a reason why not every single person that we have now is a bodybuilder type chiseled and everything like that, because it doesn't just because you don't have the quote unquote look that has been perceived to be a wrestler doesn't mean that you can't wrestle. Cat oh, yeah. is a prime example of that. You know what I mean? But you do have uh, to have Kevin a balance Owen. though. You do have to have a balance. You do need these bigger, bigger guys that can barely wrestle but that show brute strength in really crazy matches, like for brute strength wise, to to give um, to give the fast paced matches and different things more, you know, more something. You need a big show here and there. Oh yeah, Braun Strowman to me, he's good and all, but he's. It sounds weird saying this. He does too much stuff for a big guy to almost me for consider him a big guy because like I just in oh, this aspect of things. Down. And this aspect of things, if we're talking about a future yeah. generation where every match is fast-paced, it's almost like a uh, what's it, two or five live. It's awesome, love watching it, but every match feels the same. It feels like all of them exactly. are just trying to overdo each other, way too fast-paced. There's no real um, storytelling throughout the match. You need these bigger guys, and not just bigger guys, different kind of guys besides amateur wrestler, amateur wrestler backgrounds and indie guys you need different kind of style guys to make everything just fit to a uh, fit as a whole no i i agree and that's and that is a very good point there and you have to have a good combination of both sides in order for it to still be uh believable in order for you to still have a product to invest in uh i agree with your perspective on 205 live um, that's why I, my biggest knock about 205 live is that there's not enough characterization uh, the athleticism is already there for all those guys, but yeah, there's, oh yeah. you can pretty much count on you can pretty much count on one hand the characters that are on that show, and and I mean actual yeah. characters. Brian T.J. Perkins, T.J. Perkins, and T.J. Perkins. I wouldn't put T.J. Perkins on there. Really? Um, my five guys. I was put on no, seriously. Wow. What's what is what is his character? I don't know. You know what? I don't honestly That's know, but he still stands he out me. for some reason. Uh, there's a lot of guys that stand out, but my thing is, what is your character? What sets you apart? Again, Brian yeah. Kendrick, he's a character. Oh, we know yes. what sets him apart. Neville. Oh. We know what sets Neville apart. Well, see, I don't know. I guess you're naming guys that, to me, aren't really 205 Live guys. I know they are, but in my mind, they aren't. It's weird. Like, Neville, NXT well, guy. I'll, I'll name well, I'll name some 205 guys. Uh, Jack Gallagher. Who has done phenomenal? Yep. I agree with that one. I should say that. Yep. You're right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Austin Aries is a standout on 205 Live. Um, Tony Nese. Tony Nese, the premier athlete. He has ran with that cocky premier athlete gimmick, and he is making it known in WWE. You know what I mean? He's oh, yeah. becoming the character himself. Oh, yeah. There's, I agree. That's the problem with 205 Live. Yeah. I mean, I so, think you're right so about much that. that we can do. 
doing that. You what? So much that could go into that. I said, there's so much that I can break down. Cause I oh, like no. this, is, this has probably been one of our longest shows ever. Honestly, it's been an hour and 12 minutes. <laughs> right. Right. I it think doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Hour. We don't have any real time cap or anything. Right. Right. Um, let's might as well yeah, just talk about it. 205 live. They, they just, the, their biggest issue is the same issue that it's I, been from. So I've, I've said before yeah. the, uh, the biggest problem with 205 has been the same complaint that everybody's had, which is there's no characters on the show. It's all a bunch of cruiserweight guys that were brought in from the cruiserweight classic that yes, they are great athletes. They are wonderful athletes, but there's no character to let them stand out. I do like there's Rich not- Swan, but there's something missing from which Rich Swan. Yeah. Rich Swan's a dancer. That's what he is. You know what I mean? Okay. And you can make the argument that that can be his gimmick is he's the dancer, but okay, that's it. Uh, that's all you got. Well, that's done for Fandango's career. That's kind of my point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that's all you got, then that's kind of a problem. And I can't, I can handle that. You know, who, who's in control of two or five live. Is it Vince or triple H or Shane or who? Cause, uh, I wish cause I it has to be. That. I mean, there's so much stuff going on in the wrestling world, man. There has to be somebody in control somehow of each division a little bit. And I, I have a feeling that Shane really does control SmackDown by himself a little more. And I have a feeling Raw is controlled by Vince and Triple H and Stephanie. Uh, I mean... What do you think? It's a, I'm it's sure a Vince has the last idea, call in SmackDown. I don't, I don't know. I wish I could answer that. I, I have no idea. Just, to, just but, from uh, your perspective, the way 205 Live's going does not feel like an NXT at all. It feels like a different thing that's not, I would say, not 100% working. There's some bits and pieces missing. Do you think Triple H has... It is. There is some stuff missing. I, I completely agree with what you're talking about. It doesn't feel like an NXT, it, and it doesn't feel like anything else. It's just, it's its own thing, sure, but exactly to identify what makes 205 Live successful, you can't really pick anything out because right now, I wouldn't call 205 Live a success right now. I think you've got potential to still be a success. And granted, yes, I watch it, but it's one of those things where I watch it when I have the time. It's not something that it's a must-see thing for me. Yeah. You know, uh, there's something missing from it, but hopefully they can eventually pinpoint what they need to do to fix it and make it to where it becomes destination programming. If it wasn't for Adrian Neville, I'll tell you right now, uh, I'm telling you, Neville being on that show and being in the cruiserweight division and especially being the champion right now has reinvigorated that division. I agree. Whole hardcore. Man, I just, I I said this before and I'll say it again, Neville and his heel run, it's awesome. I just kind of wish Neville and his heel run could go against guys that are also at his caliber. He's kind of going with guys that he's helping and making a career for, but he's not really helping his career out. I'm not saying he's not doing good what he's doing, but I'm saying I would like to see him defend his title against bigger names. That way he could like, I know it's 205 Live, I get it, and it's Cruiserweight Division, I get it. But I'm just saying I would love to see him, a higher higher prestige 205 Live guy or whatever, go against him to make him, I don't know. Well, you'll get that at WrestleMania because him and Austin Aries are going to be good. That's true. I mean, Austin Aries is that, that. I mean, that's a good point. But Austin Aries, in the WWE fans' eyes, people have not watched 
TNA or independent stuff or whatever don't see Austin Aries as a giant a giant person with high caliber yet. If that's you know what I mean. Well, that's what you're saying. That's that's what you 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 were semi right there. The WWE casual fan audience doesn't know who Austin Aries is. But that's is, the but majority of the fans that actually make the money for wrestling. True. True, but think about it as well. You have guys like me and yourself that do know a little bit of other promotions out there that do watch other things and that are familiar with Austin Aries. So all scene does need is a little bit of that in the audience. And as long as, again, kids, kids being kids, they're going to follow what adults do. Yeah. So Austin Aries right now. He had a huge reception when they very first played his uh, video package to, to oh, debut yeah. on 205 Live at one point. The reaction, and it was I believe it was in Seattle, um, people went crazy for it. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, finally, thank God. Like, he had nothing but cheers in the Even audience. Even Austin Aries said so, he never thought this time would come. No, and, and rightfully so, but guess what? Here it is, and honestly, I look forward to their WrestleMania match yeah. mostly than I do any any other match on the card so far. Wow, that's saying a lot. Yeah, well, I, I I honestly think that cruiserweight title match could potentially be the show stealer in that if wow. done right. I, I got a feeling it's going to be in the uh, pre-show, <laughs> and I hope to God not. <laughs> I just have a feeling that, that match WrestleMania spot. I just have a feeling you have Neville and you have Austin Aries. I just have a feeling Vince is not going to put this on the actual show. And unfortunately, you may be right. I, I, I hope that's not true, but I just feel like Austin Aries has not had a long enough time in WWE yet to have WrestleMania hourly time or, you know, as a spot in Vince's eyes. I'm not saying for me. I like Austin Aries a lot. I, I love him on the mic, too. He's a freaking awesome announcer. Oh, yeah. God, he's awesome. But uh, this I- is... Yeah, we need to probably run this down. <laughs> you want to say any last words? Uh, been an awesome show. Oh, yeah. Really good one. Um, we covered pretty much every topic. I still have so many topics that were down today. But uh, I just honestly like going off topics and running with it rather than just reading off my uh, notes. Right, because we, we've been fans for a while, so we can pretty much just make our own show and just run off all topics. Oh yeah, that's the, that's I think that what makes the best shows, honestly. Well, um, let's plug some stuff. We got Wrestling Reality, which usually airs every Friday, usually Friday by mm, one or two o'clock max uh, on YouTube. We have RumblingRumors.com all week long news articles. I literally wake up, go to the gym, do articles, go to work, get home, do articles and news. Even during work, I do them. So check that stuff out if you get a chance, rumblingrumors.com. Um, oh, anything for you, Travi? Any events? Any if people want to see you? Uh, just check out locally WFC here in Tulsa and Collinsville area next weekend. Uh, we'll have more to come on that. But I look forward to doing Wrestling Reality this upcoming week and our WrestleMania edition of Rumbling Reality next weekend. Yep, me too. WrestleMania edition next week. Sam Stackhouse, professional wrestler, super nice guy, uh, and of course, the very best nice guy ever, Ramsey's going to be back. Bye, Travi. Have a good one, man. Later, buddy. Bye.